This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Bring in Beth Ailes, the wife of Roger Ailes, the man behind the Fox News brand and the man who piloted Fox News' meteoric rise. Beth, Roger had a vision for Fox News. He's gone now. And Fox News is unrecognizable compared to the Fox News Roger built and the Fox News I spent 11 years giving so much of my blood, sweat and many, many tears really sacrificing so much. So they seem to have lost the script, and the script being, Beth, a news network that speaks to the forgotten one half of the country, conservatives who are sick and tired of being inundated with biased liberal propaganda disguised as news. Why do you think Fox is failing? I think the network is falling apart because of a lack of leadership. Obviously, Roger was one of a kind. I was watching a video earlier today of Rush Limbaugh when he came up to the Hudson Valley for Roger being named the Good Scout. And he talked about how Roger was such a unique man with such a perspective and a love for America who never sacrificed his principles and his values. And I think the decline of Fox can be told as a story of three or perhaps four T's. Uh, that would be Tucker, trust, talent, and of course, President Trump. Uh, imagine if the network had not fired Tucker. Now, we could, we could imagine that Tucker got the president to participate in a debate or perhaps at least give an interview, maybe not at the same time. But imagine that how many people would have watched that. Imagine that Roger built the network over 20 years with by earning the audience's trust. And trust is something that takes a lot of hard work. And he understood that. I believe Rupert, the major Murdoch, and Lachlan, the minor Murdoch, do not understand America the way Roger did because they weren't born here. They don't have the love of country, in my opinion, that only comes from being born here. And Roger used to say something to me really important. He'd say, the American people are very smart. And I heard President Trump say that to Tucker in the interview that took place at the same time as the debate. He said, people get it. They know what's going on. And sadly for America, we're in a very dangerous situation and they should have Fox News to go to, but it is not the brand that it once was. Beth, Trump, we've We've proven now in hindsight of Trump not going to the debate um, and his poll numbers going up and yeah, sitting with Tucker. He's Trump. Trump is uh, if 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 Denver, if, if we've got a few technical problems today because there's Internet issues all over the country. If you're watching us on streaming, hopefully you're not having those uh, issues. 
Uh, obviously, a direct hit, it looks like, by the hurricane in northwest Florida. Uh, we hope everybody is uh, is hunkered down there and and seeing through this. It looks like it's quite quite a uh, quite a hit. Um, that is Beth Ailes, the wife of Roger Ailes, the great kind of founder of Fox News. Can we cut that first part and let's play that again? Uh, they don't have a great love for country because they're not born here. As I've been saying, is that they're 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 com- they're complete they're com- they're foreigners. Um, I've got a lot to go through today. The um, We've got uh, those Hill newspapers finally caught up with us on the um, on um, the situation on the shutdown. Lead story is so be it. And it talked about the hardcore uh, Freedom Caucus and others we've had on the show that are telling McCarthy, hey, you've had enough time. There are no appropriations bills passed. You've only got one through. The Senate hasn't addressed anything. There's only 11 days, as we told you before they want to break. It's only 11 days when they get back. Um, and... Uh, you know, midnight on the 3rd of September is going to come. They've just announced, McCarthy's just announced as the shiny toy that they're going to begin uh, a move on impeachment in September uh, as a shiny toy to divert you from this. But we've got to get focused. This audience has to get focused on what is important. They can, do, they can walk and chew gum at the same time. And if you must, then you must force Biden. The Republicans are not shutting down uh, the government. It's the uh, Biden regime is going to shut down their own regime. Okay, force them in a corner to shut it down. And there's so many reasons on the spending as we'll go through. E.J. Antonio will be on here later. We're going to focus a lot on Georgia. Like I said, we got some slight technical problems. We'll try to work through it in uh, in the day. Can I play that? Is Beth of Ailes? Can I play the first part again? Can Denver? Can you just hit it again from the top? I want everybody to listen to this and savor this. Beth Ailes was actually the wingman. For Roger, in uh, behind the scenes, she was not just a great supporter. She's very savvy TV producer, was was instrumental in the building of the Fox News that we all know and love uh, when Roger Ailes ran the place. But let's go ahead and listen to Beth Ailes again. Bring in Beth Ailes, the wife of Roger Ailes, the man behind the Fox News brand and the man who piloted Fox News's meteoric rise. Beth, Roger had a vision for Fox News. He's gone now. And Fox News is unrecognizable compared to the Fox News Roger built and the Fox News I spent 11 years giving so much of my blood, sweat and many, many tears really sacrificing so much. So they seem to have lost the script, and the script being, Beth, a news network that speaks to the forgotten one half of the country, conservatives who are sick and tired of being inundated with biased liberal propaganda disguised as news. Why do you think Fox is failing? I think the network is falling apart because of a lack of leadership. Obviously, Roger was one of a kind. I was watching a video earlier today of Rush Limbaugh when he came up to the Hudson Valley for Roger being named the Good Scout. And he talked about how Roger was such a unique man with such a perspective and a love for America who never sacrificed his principles and his values. And I think the decline of Fox can be told as a story of three or perhaps four T's. Uh, That would be Tucker, trust, talent, and of course, President Trump. Uh, imagine if the network had not fired Tucker. Now, we could we could imagine that Tucker got the president to participate in a debate or perhaps at least give an interview, maybe not at the same time. But imagine 
that how many people would have watched that? Imagine that Roger built the network over 20 years with by earning the audience's trust. And trust is something that takes a lot of hard work. And he understood that. I believe Rupert, the major Murdoch, and Lachlan, the minor Murdoch, do not understand America the way Roger did because they weren't born here. They don't have the love of country, in my opinion, that only comes from being born here. And Roger used to say something to me really important. He'd say, the American people are very smart. And I heard President Trump say that to Tucker in the interview that took place at the same time as the debate. He said, people get it. They know what's going on. And sadly for America, we're in a very dangerous situation and they should have Fox News to go to. But it is not the brand that it once was. Beth, Trump, we've, okay. we've proven now in Let hindsight. Me, uh, take it. You, you hear right there. Okay, you saw right there. Um, you saw right there Beth Ailes laying it on the line. The American people get it. American people are smart. President Trump knew that. Roger Ailes knew, knows that. And, of course, the war room knows that. Um, we're getting some technical problems. We're going to work through these in the next few minutes. Let's go to Richard Barris. Barris, you've got new polling out uh, that's pretty – it's kind of blow-away polling. Talk to me about the state of Florida. Thanks for, for uh, having me on, as always, Steve. Uh, it is blow-away polling. So Florida, we've been polling about every month. Uh, for the last several months. And I don't know if we have the map, if we can put it on the screen. If we can't, that's all right. I'll just walk through it. But the map really says it all because we've been doing this plotting each interview from the poll that we conduct on a map so people can click on them and look at the responses, the demographics of the people we're interviewing. But also, you know, picture says a thousand words, Steve. Last month, it was a 20-point race, which uh, other pollsters confirmed after we stepped out onto that lily pad for the first time. Uh, but if DeSantis is going to make a stand, it's got to be in his own state. He's going to throw a Hail Mary in Iowa. But if he plans to stay in, he'll be in, he'll be, uh, you know, any candidate who loses their own state, especially if they're a sitting governor, it's a thorough embarrassment. If you look at this map, what it shows us from this past month to now is the Republican primary is really not that close in Florida at all anymore. It's 30 plus points. And Trump has really relegated DeSantis to Tallahassee. So for last month, we saw a 20 point lead, but still DeSantis had support in Alachua County had some support in southwestern Florida. He had support in Duval, right? Now he's relegated to basically the, the capital and Trump is dominating from the panhandle to Miami-Dade. It is a blow away race. And the the um, Hispanic vote, Steve, is literally 60 to 9, over 60 to 9 uh, percent. So interesting stuff about this poll. 16 percent Hispanics were in 2016 in the Republican primary. They're going to be a little bit over 20 percent this time around. So it's growing. The Republican Party is growing. It's more non-white in Florida. And that, you know, if we could pivot to the general election, brother, that's really where this comes down to. We have the chart where we compare DeSantis uh, his performance against Biden uh, ho, ho, versus ho, ho, Trump. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Ho, yeah, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. Yeah, slow, slow down. down. <laughs> slow down, take a breath. Yeah, go back Go back to the uh, – Denver, if you can go back to the map for a second. The, this is uh, – Barris yeah. is a run, runaway train this morning. Um, this map is so important, but I want you to go back. Th this is what I find stunning. 
Given what DeSantis won in this reelection, and now less than a year later, I guess nine months later, this is a complete shift in dynamic. What, what, what is your belief? What has caused this? I mean, DeSantis' power base is Florida. And what you're showing here is an absolute complete blowout by Trump on DeSantis. And it's, it's, it started a couple of months ago, and it's getting worse. What, in your mind, what has caused this? I think when we go back to the poll that we did in May, which was a couple of months ago when it was 47-33 or something, ballpark, uh, within it was double digits, but it was closer, Steve, much closer. And the president wasn't above a majority. We heard back then from a lot of people who liked them both. And they basically said, I love him as a governor, but I prefer Trump as my president. And that was what gave Trump that lead in May. Going into June and July, we started hearing something very different, which was, you know what? He's all right as governor. I'm starting to not like this guy. Um, And now we've moved into August and we're just hearing it constantly. He's lost the trust of a big part of the Republican Party. Uh, I think that the voters started to look at him as a presidential candidate going back into the early summer. And he made a series of very big mistakes. Let's be honest, too, for a second, Steve. His campaign is not a happy warrior campaign. These are like nasty people who decided that I'm going to engage and attack. And look, politics is a, a contact sport. But there's it, there's just a major difference in how Trump voters approach people who disagree with them versus how DeSantis voters do. And you have to remember who the electorate is in Florida. These are, um, you know, some of them are full hardcore MAGA, but a lot of them are older Republicans, you know, stalwart Republicans. They don't like that kind of campaigning. And then the, the, the fact is they focused on things that those voters didn't care about, you know, going on and on about COVID when most people know a lot of that is built on a fiction anyway. Way. And then just they didn't care about that or wokeness. Those are more gubernatorial issues. It's not that they shouldn't be, you know, big issues for a president, but for the presidential race, the American voter, the Republican primary voter specifically, cares more about yeah. beating Joe Biden, defeating hey. the deep state, getting the economy on all four cylinders. They are just yeah. not talking about what the voters yeah. care about. That's a big part of this. Okay. Hang on one second. We're going to take a short break. We got Richard Barris here. This poll that's come out, because what you're laying out, Barris, if these numbers are accurate and continue, this is career-ending polling for Ron DeSantis. And I've said from the beginning, he's been ill-advised, but he also doesn't quite get it. That's why Trump had to bail him out in uh, in 18. But these are career-ending numbers, political career-ending numbers. Okay. Barris on the other side, then we're going to go to the great state of Georgia. As central banks and countries like China, India, Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the United States of America. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily freeze or seize part of are all of your money. These are some of the reasons concerned Americans reach out to Birch Gold Group. They want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Gold held tax-sheltered in a retirement account. Remember, gold held in your tax-sheltered retirement account. Learn if gold is right for you. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, 298-9898. That's Bannon, 989898. 
and Birch Gold will send you a free information kit today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold has been helping my listeners and viewers from the very beginning of the show. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold because of a central bank digital currency becomes reality. It'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, I want to thank our uh, our crack team in uh, Denver and also my production team here to work through. We have a few technical problems. I also want to thank uh, Grace Chung, Captain Bannon, the entire team last night to put on the uh, on both Rumble and Getter the Q and A. It, it was amazing. The questions from this audience when when you know we opened with Beth Ailes talking about the American people being smart and getting it. I was quite frankly blown away by the sophistication of the questions and understanding of transhumanism of uh, Joe Allen's new book. I mean, it was really quite, like I said, I thought it was in the commons area at MIT. Uh, quite brilliant. And we're going to figure out how to do one sometime next week. So we'll get back to you, but just really enjoyed it. And just, it's just great. So, so, so Barris, g- give me the Hispanic breakdown on the, on the Hispanic. And is this just all Cuban or is it broader base in the Hispanic community in Florida? Give me that number again on Trump and, and, and yeah. let me, let me hear the rationale on the back of it. That that's a great question, uh, and I don't know how much time we have, but it's not just the, the Cuban base that Republicans have, you know, been able to perform among uh, for years. Even though Mitt Romney didn't remember that, folks. Mitt Romney essentially split the Cuban uh, vote with with Obama. He barely won it. But this is getting a lot more broad. We do ask uh, ask Hispanics whether or not they're Cuban. They're Puerto Rican, Venezuelan, across the board. That's in the crosstabs. People should definitely check this out. But Trump has over 60 percent of the Hispanic primary vote against action. I was actually wrong. Seven percent for Ron DeSantis, seven percent for Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, And then when you look at the general election, Steve, the impact this has on the general election, there's uh, another chart. I gave it to you late. You may not have it. It's all right. But comparing Trump and DeSantis in the pie graphs uh, and looking at the write-in Trump or bust vote. When we look at it, you know, the media and frankly, Republicans who oppose Trump have a, a, a way of characterizing these people as you know, unsophisticated, you know, white Southern hillbillies, right? And it's simply not the case. Uh, a big part of that vote is Hispanic and independent. So about a quarter of the uh, vote that says they would write in Trump's vote is uh, over a quarter is independent and almost a third of Hispanics uh, that that are Trump supporters say that as well. So it impacts the general election in a significant way when you're looking at the Miami and the Gold Coast. And now he's even making inroads into Hillsborough and Pinellas, where Puerto Ricans are, who have been tend to be more liberal. Uh, and there's also a growing block of Venezuelans in southern Florida, which is what gave uh, that was a, a secret weapon of Trump. And then later DeSantis in 2022. The, the difference here is, Steve, a lot of people made too much out of a gubernatorial election in a midterm cycle. Gubernatorial elections have absolutely zero predictive value with performance at the presidential level. So what we're seeing are a lot of these Hispanics who say, yeah, sure, I'll vote for him for governor, would not vote for him when it comes to uh, you know, the presidential matchup against Joe Biden. They may not vote at all. And then as we're seeing, a ton of them are really for Trump and probably voted for him in 22 because he was 
thought to be MAGA at that time. You know, we see Republicans winning Vermont. We see Republicans winning Massachusetts, Maryland. It doesn't mean that they would be able to win those states in a presidential election, yeah. even if they were the candidates. And a lot of people, frankly, just don't know what they're talking about and really um, overestimated what, yeah. you know, the value of that victory, including our old buddy. Give me... Tr- Give me, give me Trump, your, your big data analysis. Give me Trump versus Biden in Florida, and then give me Trump, uh, yeah. Biden versus uh, uh, DeSantis. We gave uh, both options more of like the head-to-head with a generic someone else and a write-in option. And then we also did it with Cornell West in the race. But uh, Trump is up over Biden, which is unprecedented in size lead. I've, I've just never seen a lead like this in the state of Florida. I've been polling it uh, publicly since 2014, have never been wrong. And Trump is up 45-38 over Biden. So it's a huge lead when DeSantis and Biden are basically tied at 38. The big difference is about 7% of the vote who say they would write in someone else when when we ask them about Biden and DeSantis. 95% of those write-ins are Trump. Vivek gets a few here. Nikki yeah. Haley got like one. Mike yeah. Pence got one. 95% yeah. of them are for yeah. Trump. I believe these people, yeah. Steve. I'm telling you, everyone better or they'll be uh, they'll be sorry. Um, brother, I don't know what to say. This is everywhere, no. even be, in the state of Florida. Be, 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 being in third in in um, in Iowa now, being third and maybe dropped to fourth in New Hampshire. Uh, DeSantis's team has really got to look at these numbers because this is they're career ending. Him. He can't yeah, go all the way thin through through Super Tuesday. You're killing. You're finished. You're finished on a national level forever. Barris, this incredible uh, analysis. Where do people go? I know you've got a show coming up. Where do people go to get all your content? Yeah, at noon, we're going to have the show, but peoplespundit.locals.com. You'll see when we're going you know, live with the show, the, the cross tabs are up there. Go check them out because you just said something, Steve, that really is uh, 100% true. At this point, you fell below 20% in your own home state. This is career ending. This is worse than Marco Rubio. This is way worse than Marco Rubio. Uh, he survived. This is not survivable. This is not survivable, not politically. No. Nope. This is what, uh, and we warned about this because he wasn't ready for this, particularly in this cycle. You've got to put forth a vision. This came back, remember, we said months ago when he went to the city of London, when, which is the Wall Street of Europe. We went to the city of London and he flopped. And they, they yeah. weigh and measure people all the time and Mocked say, this him. guy's not ready for prime time. He's just not at the, it's just not at the presidential level. Then now you're seeing it manifested. That was people, that was financiers, consultants, uh, CEOs of major companies telling you that months ago from London, and now it's manifested in the polling in his own home state where he's governor. Okay, um, Richard Barris, fantastic. Thank you so much. All the Appreciate best, Steve. It. Talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. Okay, we're maniacally focused in Georgia because there's something going on in Georgia right now that is not right, and and somebody's got to get to the bottom of it. I'm very honored to have Misha Maynard. She's from a, she's a delegate in the state legislature of Georgia from District 56, and she has a long history with uh, Funny Willis. First off, Misha, explain to us you actually shifted parties. Can you just get our audience up to speed on on why did you actually shift from Democrat to Republican? Absolutely. Thank you for having me on as well. It really was a policy decision. It wasn't necessarily because I do not like the Democrats. Um, At the end of the day, I support school choice. I support not defunding the police. And I support 
putting people over systems. And the people over systems this past um, legislative session just happens to be the prosecutor oversight bill. So what is that? Talk to us about you, you, you've put this a bill in. Uh, this is all before the Trump stuff. You, you've been really uh, have have you've had a problem with Fonnie Willis and the way the system works down in Fulton County. Can you be specific about that? What you say people versus system. What, what do you mean by that? And what action have you taken on this? So the district attorney should be the um, the chief officer for the citizens of the state of Georgia in Fulton County. She should be looking out for the people, the citizens that voted her in. In my opinion, she is not doing that. Um, for example, in my case in particular, I have um, a stalker that was a campaign volunteer back in 2019. I had to get a restraining order. Um, in a nutshell, there ended up being two indictments. He did, did serve one year in jail for stalking. Um, she decided to make the second indictment a violation of restraining order. Although at this point, it was already aggravated stalking. At this point, even if he is still doing things, the police officers, Atlanta police, have actually told me she refuses to prosecute anything regarding my case. Anything. Um, to the point where I had to end up last April file a, a lawsuit against Bonnie Willis in Fulton County in federal court for Rico and racketeering. The same exact thing that she's doing for Trump. Um, and so I know personally that she does things that benefit her and not necessarily the people. And I say that because my stalker's attorney is the Fulton County commissioner, who is her friend. And there are audio tapes of him on the jail call saying he's working with Bonnie Willis, but she's supposed to be representing me. So this are you are you saying that she's she's politicized that office and she uses it to go after her enemies or not to not to use the rule of law to protect citizens, but she'll use it as retribution or potential retribution against her political foes? I'm saying that she uses it not the way she should be using it. Everybody going through that system, whether you're a defendant or a victim, should have an equal right to justice. Um, if there is an attorney that she is friends with, she is going to favor that defendant. Um, if you are a political foe of hers, she is going to use her office against you. That is what I'm saying. You people can take that how they want to. Have you, do you think a lot of people are saying that down there? In fact, we've had people in the last couple of days and more following you that this thing should be shut down. The attorney general should get involved. Other people should get involved. Do you believe that this Trump RICO indictment with these 18 citizens, do you believe that? And by the way, Harrison Floyd had to stand another night in jail. We're going to try to get Harrison up uh, through his attorney as soon as he's out to supposed to be out this morning. We're trying to get him up. Uh, uh, I tell you what, why don't you hang on? We're going to go to a short break, and I want to because I want to drill down this. A lot of people are saying that this RICO charge she's got is 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 kind of an embarrassment uh, to Fulton County and to Georgia uh, because there's really no crime there, and that this is another example, like the example with you, where she's going after her her political foes. Okay, because we have a technical problem, we're not going to be able to do our celebration of American music today. 
We're going to get that back up tomorrow when we've taken care of our techno issues. But we're going to take a short commercial break now. We're going to return. We've got Misha Maynard, one of the delegates in the uh, Georgia legislature from District 56. She has been uh, she has been up against Fannie Willis for a while. We're going to return. We also got Bruce Lavelle, the great Trump supporter from the great state of Georgia, one of the mainstays in the Trump movement. Also join us next in the war room. When's the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late. Like this homeowner. Check this out. She was getting ready for a home remodel when everything got shut down. She discovered her property wasn't in her name anymore. She was a victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged the deed to her home and took over as the new owner. Now she's fighting back to get her home back. This is why I say if you own a home or a property, get home title lock. Your home property and equity are the most valuable assets you have. By the way, there's reported 80 to 90 percent of your net worth, the average American's net worth, is in their home. And home title lock helps you protect them. Home title lock puts a 24-7 shield around your home's title. Let me repeat. A 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-day shield around your home's title. The instant they detect activity or tampering, they help shut it down fast. First things first, you need to verify you aren't already a victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Bannon. And when you sign up, your first 30 days of protection are free. Do this today at HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Bannon. Protect yourself. Do it today. Take action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. You know, we committed to this audience. We weren't going to get bogged down and in, in get into the, you know, the nitty-gritty detail, which is, you know, it's, a, it's almost a fetish on MSNBC and CNN. They're all over this. But this is such an extraordinary moment in, in American uh, history, the history of this republic, that we have to talk about the, the major things. And that's why Georgia speaks to, to larger issues. And this is about this issue of lawfare and using the law particularly by by members of the uh, of the uh, legal community and the and the members of uh, like DOJ or prosecutors or attorney generals that control the state apparatus. And that's why Georgia is so important. Remember, yesterday we talked about President Trump's got four criminal trials, uh, two uh, civil trials, six trials next year in the middle of a presidential election of which he's up over Biden by three to five points. You just saw the polling coming out of Florida He's up, what, eight there over Biden. So he, he's the leader in a presidential election and, uh, and, and now has lawfare just, you know, they, they've taken, the, they've taken the, uh, the shields off the guns and they're really coming for him using lawfare. I'm going to get back into economics and capital markets in the second hour. E.J. and Tony's going to join me on, on the reality of inflation for working class people. The reality of Biden economics for working class people, and that's why getting control of this budget is so important. That's why understanding what the BRICS nations are doing, 
uh, coming out of Durban, South Africa, that important meeting last week, what it means for the U.S. dollar. I want everybody in this audience, because what, what we pride ourselves here is being a show for a working class audience, a middle class audience that, that gives you information on capital markets, economics, uh, what's happening, that intersection of money and power. Money and power. Yes, this is a spiritual war we're fighting, but it manifests itself in this temporal space. And you have to understand this. This is why the show, this audience is so important and is driven so much. The Hill newspaper, look at the lead story in the Hill today, which is the number one newspaper on Capitol Hill for all the insiders. Guess what it's about? It's about the, the shutdown on the 30th of September, of the Biden regime financially. You've heard this talk about this now for months, but particularly over the last, if you read the article this is what we talked about late last week and early this week. So you're three or four days ahead of the Insider's newspaper. Why? That information is important. And you're driving it. Remember, this audience, you are a major player in this drama. You're actually driving the action. This is what is about human agency. The way the system in this country is, is set up is they want the working class to be, to be not to have that information, to, to, be, to, lack, that, to lack that knowledge base. So that you just go about your job, you pay your taxes, you send your sons and daughters to foreign battlefields to die, to support the system. That's what this show is about, is to give you a platform, to give you an opportunity to get access to these resources, to get access to this information, so that you're just not going to sit there and just look at what's on TV all the time, on CNN, MSNBC, and particularly Fox News, TV for stupid people. That just sits there and, you know, and Beth Ailes said it at the beginning. That's Roger Ailes' widow. Everybody go to birchgold.com and download the end of the dollar empire. You must get, you must understand currency. Remember, the entire 19th century, the, 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 the fight in this country was about capital. It was about, it was about currency, with slavery being a major part of that, treating human beings as human, as capital, as capital, not as humans. So then we outlined the entire 19th century, what politics were about, and that all stopped with the, of the Federal Reserve to get people off the focus on currency. You have to understand currency. So go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now. Misha Maynard has been in a fight with Fonnie Willis. No surprise to her what's happened with this President Trump situation. Misha, I, I, want, I think people are quite interested in, in you because you've made a, a quite patriotic stand about shifting parties on principle. Of, you say people versus the system or people in, over the system. What is your current thoughts about what Fonnie Willis is doing? And particularly, we have a huge national audience and an international audience. What should people know about Fonnie Willis? And what should they know specifically about what your beliefs are, what's going on right now? Fonnie Willis, she is leading that office to suit her best interests and not the people that she represents. Um, in particular, crimes against women, uh, there, when my story came out, there were women across the state of Georgia that reached out to me um, saying that they had been not only victimized by a person, but then later to be victimized by a system. And many of those people were in Fulton County. Uh, many of those people are looking for attorneys um, to fight a system. It's, it's difficult. It was hard for me to find an attorney to do this RICO case. Um, luckily, I was able to. Um, I just want the people to know that I am not for sure um, on the ethics of how she is doing this Trump case, only because I've seen firsthand that she does politicize the office in ways that she should not, 
ways that are unethical, ways that are immoral, um, to suit her interest and her friend's interest, not the people's interest. As, as a delegate, as a, as, a, as a member of the legislature, what's, what's your recommendation now of what a course of action should be? So when I got into office 2021, um, Representative Gullett had this prosecutor oversight bill. It has been um, amended since 2021 into this final version that we have today. But immediately, as a Democrat, I went up to Representative Gullett and I said, hey, I want to be a part of this um, because I see firsthand that Prosecutors need some sort of oversight. Everyone has oversight except for them. And, you know, the argument during this um, being debated on the House floor was, well, people can do a bar complaint. The layperson cannot do a bar complaint. Um, the layperson cannot do a complaint with the Fulton County Ethics Board. Uh, it's just too difficult. And so the Prosecutor Oversight Commission is a way for people the people that voted her into office, that voted me into office, for them to have an avenue to voice their concerns and to challenge positions that prosecutors are doing. Um, and so how, how, how is that going to be effectuated? Can you just give us how that plays out? So it both starts October 1st. I believe that is when people can do the first complaints, and it has to be something that's ongoing. So the bill became law on July 1st. So if there's anything that happened from July 1 on, you can do a complaint. But if it happened before July 1, um, when it became law, but it's still ongoing, people can still um, file a complaint. And there's a commission, there's a chairperson, and these complaints will go before a body of people, and that body of people will decide, did this prosecutor, whether it's Bonnie Willis or whomever else, did they use their office um, not in the best interest of the people? Amazing. Fascinating. Uh, Misha, how, what's your social media and where, where's your website so people can find out uh, more about you? You're obviously a fascinating figure since you had the courage to shift parties because of principle. And I know a lot of people want to find out more about you. So where do they go? I would love for people to go to my website, which is MishaMainer.com. My name is right at the bottom of the screen. Um, please donate to the campaign. I am going against an entire system, an entire Democrat party in Georgia. And so we definitely need people's help. All of my social media um, handles pretty much are Misha Maynard, except for Facebook. It is Misha for Georgia. That's F-O-R. But you can find all of those social media sites at MishaMaynard.com. Ma'am, honored to have you on here. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Misha Mina tells us one October is the date. Bruce Lavelle, you, I, I, I don't think there's been a uh, an earlier or a tougher, uh, a more vocal supporter of President Trump in the Peach State than yourself. Can you please explain to folks what in the hell is going on down there? Oh wow! Thanks for having me, Steve, and um, thanks for having Misha on. I actually talked to her in detail uh, last week about some things, so I'm glad she's uh, help helping the movement. 
Well, you know, listen, you know, I, I've, I've talked about Georgia for years. You know, I'm a four generation. You can say that, Steve. Um, you know, I am very sensitive about what's happening to the great state of Georgia, um, especially Atlanta. You know, uh, I was privileged to come to town with uh, $34 and uh, by the age of 34, I was a millionaire. So there are a lot of people like me that have similar testimonies of how great Atlanta's been. I was on the uh, advisory committee to get the Olympics. You know, remember, we got the Olympics for a city that was too busy to hate. You know, the culture of Atlanta and getting back to what you saw Beth Ailes talked earlier in the segment about, you know, being from somewhere, being loyal to uh, the country, being loyal to your community. You know, uh, back on Fonny, Fonny's from Inglewood, California and grew up majority in D.C. And I wrote an op-ed on Washington Times. It's a great, you know, interesting article about um, recruiting woke warriors across the country. Um, it's on Bruce Lavelle, Washington Times. Check it out. Um, and it talks about special interest groups going after people like Fani, Alvin Bragg, Letitia James, uh, the mayor in San Francisco, of course, Lightfoot in Chicago. The list goes on and on, on on their tactics. But Steve, it's been going on for several years. They've been strategically doing this. And like, you know, uh, Fani, she ran on a campaign to get Trump, like to Letitia, get Trump, get Trump. And you saw uh, the and I live in Fulton County, my main home. I'm, and I'm, just for full disclosure, I, I got caught in the storm down here in Florida, um, got a tree in the yard. But um, I got a call and said, hey, go on the great Steve Bannon show. So I, I appreciate you uh, having me on. But, um, you know, it's 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 a root uh, situation for us Atlantans. And I said this to a lot of people and everyone watching this, if you're sitting back quiet, you know, and you like you walk out to the window, you see your neighbor being robbed or, or burglarized and you do nothing. This is what's going on in Georgia. And we can list uh, elected officials. I was trying to get back. My flights keep getting canceled for the 11 a.m. press conference with Senator uh, Colton Moore and Representative Byrd and many other leaders coming down there to voice their concerns about uh, Fonnie Willis creating another dark cloud over Atlanta and Georgia. And I've seen other uh, media folks come out, well, people in other other networks saying, scratching their head, like, I don't know if I want to live in in Fulton County or live in Atlanta. And that's something that's a very negative uh, conversation that you don't want, you know. Um, and I say that to say that there's a lot of stuff going on in Fulton, as uh, Representative Minor uh, alluded to about how funny. And the sheriff there has taken their eyes off the, the people's business of Fulton County. The death that just happened in the jail the other day. And another one that happened in the Atlanta pretrial detention center that Sheriff Labatt is over. But yet he's too busy wanting to come out saying, uh, my goal is to see him in handcuffs and, and, all, and, and a mugshot and all this silliness. Meanwhile, there's chaos going on in Fulton County. And remember, Steve, real quick. The city of Buckhead, which my good friend Bill White was trying to get a cityhood like Brookhaven that's connected to Atlanta, Sandy Springs, Dunwoody, all the other cities were able to come to help bring more uh, police services and et cetera because it's such a fast-growing city that were denied. So now Buckhead, Lenox Mall, has a metal detector. So this is all in Fulton County. 77,000 eviction notices on the docket right now, Steve, as we speak, right now within the city of Atlanta. We just came out of the 2020 uh, riots that we had. And by the way, if it wasn't for Sheriff Conway and many other conservative sheriffs, quote, we would have lost Atlanta. 
So anyway, I I'm very sensitive about Atlanta. Bruce, I love Atlanta. No, no, I'm Bruce, sorry. Ha- ha- <laughs> hang on, no, ha- hang on one second. We're gonna get. I want to hold you over through break. I want to get into more details because you know Georgia and you also know Trump. We're gonna return in a moment in the war room. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time-consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby, and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, crime is exploding everywhere, and particularly cybercrime. It is now the uh, crime that is increasing at an increasing rate. Make sure, listen, 90% of your net worth is tied up in your home, the equity in your home. Under no circumstances can a cybercriminal get access to your title, go to a hard money lender, take out a loan at these interest rates, because a hard money lender doesn't want to hear your tale of woe, Right? That's why they're hard money lenders. Make sure this can't happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today. Go check it out. Find, immerse yourself in information about the situation with cybercrime in your home titles. Go do it today. Homework assignment. Check off that box. Bruce Lavelle, you know Georgia. You know President Trump. Uh, as we said yesterday in the show, you have Texas. You have California. You have, yeah. uh, uh, you have uh, New York. These mega states, But Georgia punches way above their weight. You've got a, one of the most biggest, most important international airports in the world. You have mm-hmm. global corporations there. You've hosted the Olympics. Um, you know, it was always the personification of the New South. Yeah. This thing is a blemish because it is so embarrassing. The RICO charges are so embarrassing. She said last night she wants to try all 18 together, and she wants to do it in, like, February or March, which is just absurd. The whole thing's absurd. Mm-hmm. It's an embarrassment. Yeah. So what action yeah. for someone – that's a fourth-generation Georgian. Uh, what's your recommendation of what action has to take place here? Well, we're relying on the October 1st deal that you, you heard uh, Representative Maynard talk about. But also, this is something very important, Steve. I'm glad you brought this up. You know, Fonnie Willis, right the night before, that night when she had the press conference almost at midnight, actually covered another network. Um, you know, she's raised 92 percent of her funding out of 44 states outside of Georgia and only eight uh, percent came out of that local area. So that tells you what's going on. And I'm telling I'm cautioning everyone when you have a state court judge, superior court solicitor, 
Um, all the local elections, state house, you know, state senate, that's a local county commission, especially the local sheriffs. You know, you got to pay attention. And I, and I warn everyone, all you have to do is try to follow the special interest candidate that's being funded outside of the state and make sure that you don't vote for them and encourage other great America first people who want to serve. Or, and like uh, Representative Meyer, there's many more folks that are doing that in school board seats. We had uh, Lily Positek up in North Fulton, who's a new school board member that came out of this new January uh, you know, uh, movement that got sworn in. So that's something I put a lot of emphasis on. I, I know the only way you can combat this is you got to get good folks on these ballots and f- push back and fight on this, Steve. It's the only way. Bruce, how do people uh, follow you? How do they go? Where do they go? Social media, website, where do they go? Well, on on X as a Twitter, Bruce underscore Lavelle, and I'm on Truth Social, the same um, Instagram, Facebook, and um, I do seven or eight hits a week from different networks. I'm committed to this great America movement cause. And and Steve, thank you for the leadership. I want to give you a shout out. Back in 16, when Pastor Daryl and I were running the Diversity Coalition, you're one of the top leaders outside of Trump that literally got it, that understood how how critical it was on black boats as well as Hispanic boats, et cetera. And I have to give you kudos of being a catalyst on your leadership. Uh, just, you know, giving it back to you back in 16, brother. <laughs> yep. Thank you. And, and Bruce, I, I think a lot of that work is going to come to fruition in 24. I think you're seeing a tectonic switch, particularly among African-American men. I think yep. we're going to have, I think p- people are about to be shocked. Bruce, yep. thank you so much. Honored to, yeah. to know you and work with you. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Bill White. Um, Bill, Bill, can you give some background? We've got a couple of minutes in this segment I want to hold you through, but give just some background with this Buckhead situation, the leadership you took there, and why this was important when you look at Fulton County overall and, and why it's important when we think about this Trump situation. Oh, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Stephen. Thanks for all you all you do. I really uh, want, to, want to say that as an old destroyer man of the Navy, we know uh, how destroyer men fight for what's right for our country. And when I was up at the Intrepid in New York uh, as the CEO there for 20 years, that's where I first met Donald Trump and where we launched the Celebrity Apprentice right on the flight deck of the Intrepid. So we go way back. Um, and I know how much he really does appreciate you. And so so do we all. Um, but for Buckhead City, I moved from New York to get away from the crime. My husband and I, uh, who are very loving Trump supporters, um, came down to Buckhead, which was the Beverly Hills of the South, right? His parents uh, lived close by, his sister and brother-in-law and our niece and nephew lived here. And it was great until uh, crime really started getting out of control. It has skyrocketed. We had the worst uh, mayor in the in the history of the city of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Uh, she basically caused the blue flu by firing five wonderful African-American police officers for simply doing their job in what's known as the taser incident, uh, where someone was not compliant, their rules and their protocols told the cops they did everything right. uh, And she fired them summarily without due process. Well, a thousand cops quit. And we saw a spike in murder, in rape, in carjackings, in smash and grabs, in home invasions. My neighbor was practically beaten to death, a 74-year-old man with his wife because they were trying to steal his car. My sister-in-law's home was invaded. Uh, Bob Nardelli, the old CEO of Home Depot, is right next door to her. 
his house was home invaded while his daughter and granddaughter uh, were in her hands uh, by a man with a gun. So this has gotten completely out of control in Atlanta. We are the murder capital of the South, Steve. You're more likely to be murdered in Atlanta now than you are in Chicago. And that's by 11 Alive here in Atlanta, which normally sides with City Hall in most of their stories. But we get to the other countering reason why Buckhead City really wanted to separate from Atlanta and become its own city and hire its own police and manage its own potholes and fix them. Uh, answer our 911 calls. You know, you're on hold for 36 minutes in Atlanta. Uh, when you call, whether you have a heart attack or you're being robbed or you're being shot. So the counter of this is the criminal justice system. And that's Fawny Willis. I'll tell you this, I actually wrote her a $50 check when she was running against Paul Howard because there was no chance of a Republican running. Uh, that guy was the worst DA in history. He's the one who prosecuted those five uh, black cops uh, for doing their job. We raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to fight their legal battles for them, and we won. Uh, they got their jobs back, they were hired. And Fonnie Willis came in, I'll tell you about her. It is a, a, hey, yeah, a, a, a bit, Bill, hang on one second. We're, we're just going to take a short break. We're going to take a short commercial break. We got Bill White. We're talking about Fulton County, Georgia, Buckhead. We're going to get to talk about Governor Kemp and why there's no action regarding this. One of the great states in the country, one of the great cities in the South. Next in the world. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. 
it is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.